we will go to God in prayer. Holy God, may we hear your voice. In the stillness of night and clatter of day, you call us and we respond. Here I am. May we follow you and may we love as you love. Holy One, through trials and turbulence, make us steady. Your hands holding strong the fragile and weak. May we love as you love. Gracious God, may the fruits of our lives be food for the hungry, bread, clothing, shelter, fire, water, word. May we love as you love. God of justice, remove the barriers of our lives that keep us from one another, barriers we construct based on skin color, religion, or gender. May we hear and follow graciously. May we love as you love. Loving God, take this day our fears, our worries, distractions, and all Turn them into grace and mercy. And following the examples of Martin Luther King Jr. and all your saints, may we love as you love. And now, God, as we have laid our petitions and supplications and requests before you, now we still our hearts and our minds and our voices so that we can hear you speak. Speak to us, for we your servants are listening. Thank you for speaking to us. And thank you for listening to us. This we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we are uh, continuing our series that we started last week this morning. I told you last week that throughout this series you will have two readings, one Old Testament, one New Testament reading. So our first scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Samuel Chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, famous story. Listen now for a fresh word from the Lord. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days, and visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and laid down. The Lord called again, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. 
He got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Wonderful story. Now we switch over to the New Testament. We are in the Gospel of John. We're looking at chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael asked him, said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. A word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you. O Lord, our rock, our redeemer, the one in whom we live and move and have our being. Amen. So this, uh, this sermon series that I'm uh, working through, that we are working through together, is called Becoming the People of God. Uh, we're, we're kind of exploring what that means. Now, last week I said something to the effect of, not that everything doesn't already belong to God. You and I belong to God. Everything that exists belongs to God. It came from God. It is God's. Uh, so then how do you become the people of God if you already belong to God? Well, I think this is more about uh, what is happening in us rather than what is happening in God. Uh, God already considers us His. We just need to get on the same page as God. So this is what we're kind of talking about. And last week, we looked at uh, what may be uh, just an obvious point, and that is to become the people of God, there has to be a beginning, Right? There has to be the start of this process of becoming the people of God. Now, uh, we talked about in Genesis, there was the beginning of creation, that first morning. We talked about Cat Stevens. Morning has broken like the first morning. Uh, only God can do this, this because before anything existed, there was nothing but God. So it's not like God took a little bit of something that existed somewhere and then created what we have now. It all came from the mind and the heart of God. Everything that exists is an expression of God in that sense. But there was the first morning and the first evening, and God stepped back and looked at it and said, 
that's really good. I think I'm going to keep on going. And so there was a day two and a day three and a day four. We talked about last week how as followers of Jesus, uh, members of the body of Christ, as Paul calls us, uh, we believe that our baptisms marked a, a type of new beginning for us as individuals entering into the people of God. Now again, everything already belongs to God. Every person already belongs to God. But there's something special about baptism that you are kind of marked by the Holy Spirit, claimed by God, this is my divine child, the one in whom I am well pleased. This is one that gets all the rights and privileges of a child, and that can never, ever be taken away from them. And whether you are an infant when you got baptized or you were an adult when you got baptized, that still marked a new beginning in this journey toward becoming the people of God. It's really interesting back in Genesis uh, because we find out right off the bat that, that God speaks. Genesis chapter 1, everything that is created is spoken into existence. Let there be light and there was light. Let there be earth and there was earth. God speaks the world. God speaks the universe into existence. Now, now John, the Gospel of John, which we read from today, he looked at that story in Genesis and said, you know what? That spoken word, that voice of God that goes out and does whatever it is supposed to do and does not return to God void, but accomplishes that which it's sent out to accomplish, that word, I think that is the one that became flesh in the person of Jesus and dwelt among us. He called it the Logos, which we translate as Word. We, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we recognize Jesus as this uh, localized embodiment of what God is saying. So you could say that Jesus is God's voice of reason. God is reasoning with us as humans, and Jesus is that voice that speaks to us in the flesh. But we also recognize, and the Bible will tell you this, that, that God's voice can be heard uh, also in other places, like the Scriptures. Paul says you can come to know God through nature. You can just look outside and begin to know there is something more to this life. That is the voice of God speaking to you through nature. Maybe occasionally God might speak to you through my preaching. I don't hold out any hope for that, but it's possible that God might use me as an instrument. We say that God speaks to us through music through artwork. In fact, the Word of God, the voice of God, I believe permeates the universe and calls to us eternally in everything. In other words, there is nothing that you can encounter that you could not also encounter the voice of God speaking to it. I have heard God speaking to me through songs on the radio before. It's just something that it's God speaking to my heart. It comes on and goes, and, and I know. God is speaking to me in this moment. I'll read a book, and in that book, something jumps out at me. This is God speaking to me, right? Everything that you encounter in the world is a, a potential place that God could speak to you. So we've established here from the very beginning, God is in the habit of speaking. 
God speaks. Here's the question. As the people of God, are we listening? Do we have our ears attuned to hear this voice? Do we know what it sounds like? Can we recognize it? Do we know where to look? And so today we read two stories, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament, but about three individuals. Three individuals who heard the voice of God and were able to recognize it when it came. And so what I want to do is I want to look at these three stories today. I want to look at um, how did God speak to them? What was the, the mode by which God spoke to them? And secondly, what were the conditions at the time that they heard the voice of God? What made the conditions just perfect that they recognized, oh, this is God speaking? So let's look at Samuel first. Now, Samuel was a young boy. He was in the care of Eli, who was a priest, serving in the tabernacle of God. This is before the temple was built. They had this tent-like structure that really kind of mimicked what the temple later would be. But the ark of God rested in this tabernacle, and Eli is a priest, and Samuel's a young boy. His mother has dedicated him to the Lord, and so he's kind of being raised up and studying under Eli, the priest. And Samuel would actually go on to become one of Israel's greatest prophets. We talk about Elijah and Elisha, but Samuel was also a great prophet who went on to anoint Saul, king over Israel, and then later David. Uh, Samuel had a big part in Israel's history. But, but 1 Samuel tells us that at, at this point in his life as a young boy, he had never heard the voice of God before. God, God's voice had not broken through to whatever it is that allows us to, to hear that and receive it. And so he doesn't know what he's listening for. He doesn't know what to expect. He's probably heard Eli talk about the Lord, but he hasn't actually encountered the Lord. And so it's in the middle of the night. It says before the lamp was put out. So the, the lamp of the Lord would burn all throughout the night, and then they would put it out in the morning. So this is sometime in the middle of the night, and he hears a voice call his name, Samuel, Samuel. Now, is this a, an audible voice that's, that he can hear? Is, is this a, a voice in his head that he can hear? We don't really know because all, all we have is, is from Samuel's side of it. But he hears a voice, Samuel, Samuel. And he says, here I am, here I am. In fact, that, that phrase, here I am, really kind of means more like uh, um, reporting for duty. Now, he thinks it's Eli calling him. So he, he goes to Eli, reporting for duty, sir. Yes, sir, you called me. No, I didn't call you. Go back and lay down. He kept hearing this voice, Samuel, Samuel. This is what's known as a, a direct encounter with God. This is divine revelation given directly to Samuel. Now, the Bible is full of these kind of encounters. I, I know a few people that have had this type of an encounter, but I think that probably it's pretty rare for someone to hear. In fact, it's a little suspect. If, if you just come in and say, hey, God talked to me this morning, people would look at you a little sideways, like, like, how? Huh, what do you mean God talked to you this morning? Are you hearing voices in your head? I have a good doctor that maybe we should, right? It's a little suspect, so people probably don't talk about it very much. But I, I know some people that have had this, but, but in the Bible, uh, we get all kinds of these encounters. You can probably think of some right now. Moses went up on the mountain and had conversations with God. Uh, Elijah you know, was picked up in a chariot. You know, a special chariot was 
sent to pick him up. Uh, he's communicating with God directly. I noticed two things about Samuel's uh, posture uh, which may have helped him in hearing this first call from God. Now first, like I said, it happens in the dead of the night when it is the quietest. You all have dreams sometimes? You know, in the middle of the night, half wake, half sleep, you have a dream, you're like, what is that about? What's going on here? You know, there's something about stillness and quiet. I have said this over and over and over. There's something about it that, that when we quiet our minds, it makes us more susceptible to hearing that voice of God, which is calling to us all the time, speaking to us all the time, eternally. Something about the quiet. Thomas Keating has this famous quote. He said, you know, God's first language is silence, and everything else is a poor translation. I like that. I like that. God's first language is silence. I think about Elijah coming out of the mouth of that cave. Earthquakes, God's not in the earthquake. Fire, God's not in the fire. You know, all this big bombastic stuff, God is not in any of that. And it's not until he hears sheer silence that he knows God's here. It's that still small voice, right? So that's the first thing. Samuel hears this in the dead of the night. Quiet, quiet, quiet. Everything is quiet. And this is where he hears the voice. But here's the second thing I noticed. It tells us this interesting detail. Samuel is laying down, sleeping, close to the ark where the ark is kept in the tabernacle. Now, you know the ark had big importance for, for the Jewish people. Later, when they build the temple, they will build a special room just for the ark, and there will be a big curtain that will separate and, and just one person can enter into that place where the ark is because the ark, they believed, was like the footstool of God. It, it, uh, it, God's presence wasn't just there, but it was definitely there. And so they saw the ark as if God is anywhere, God is close to the ark. You know, so you got to be very careful about how you approach the ark and what you say and do in that place. Well, this is where Samuel is laying, close to the ark, where God's presence is said to be the most tangible, the most uh, present. You know, eyewitness testimony, I met God here in this place. And so this is where Samuel is laying. Now, God can't be constrained to any one place, but it seems to me that, that maybe Samuel hit upon the, the right combination here. Silence and seeking out places where God has shown up before. I have heard that God showed up in this place. There was a revival that happened in Kentucky last year. When was that, Kathy? A year and a half ago, the, the Asbury revival, right? Word spread, God is showing up in this place, and people started flocking from all over the country to see. I, if God is here, people are saying that, I want to show up and be where God is, right? Silence and going to those places where God has shown up before. That's a pretty good combination if you want to hear the voice of God. But then we got the, the Gospel of John, and we have uh, Philip, and we have Nathaniel. Now, Philip, Philip also hears the voice of God, but it's not a direct voice from space or whatever. It's not this booming voice that happens. 
he hears the voice of God in the person of Jesus. Now, we're, we're on this side of, of Christianity and, and that history. We know who Jesus is. But at this point, Philip doesn't know. He's a rabbi. There's a lot of rabbis, right? There's a lot of rabbis walking around teaching Torah. This is just another one of them. But there's something special about the call that comes from Jesus that Philip recognizes this is more than just a guy. I'm hearing the voice of the Lord through this, through this man, through this rabbi. In fact, he goes and tells his brother, Nathaniel, I think we found the one that Moses spoke of, the prophet. We've been looking for a prophet. So he's a rabbi, but I think he's also a prophet, which means God's voice is coming through the prophet. God speaks to us through the prophets. I think we need to listen to what he says. I think we need to follow him. Now, unfortunately, I wish, I wished, I wished that, that, that John would have told us what was going on in the scenario when Jesus approached Philip, but he doesn't give us that information. We don't get that detail. We just know that Jesus said, come follow me, and Philip said, I'm on it. Let's do it. But I did a little digging just to see if maybe I could construct something. Here's what I found. Philip is from the town Bethsaida, which in Hebrew means house of the fishermen. We also find out it's the same town where Andrew and Peter come from. That's where they live. We know they are fishermen. I'm guessing Philip was probably a fisherman. Now, the fishermen in those days, they would go out and fish all night long. They would cast their nets into the water, hope that they fill up with fish in the morning. They would pull up the nets, right? We hear the stories in the Bible of they'd been fishing all night long and didn't catch anything. Okay. I mean, what's more peaceful and quiet than fishing out on a lake all night long? I'm sure that Philip, as a fisherman, now this is all, I'm just, I'm just guessing this, because we don't know for sure, but if he was a fisherman, I'm sure he was well-versed in the art of silence, in the art of quiet, in the art of patience, being patient all night long, hoping that fish will come in maybe occasionally taking some naps, maybe having some conversation with the other fishermen, but I'm sure that it was a place of quiet. And so then Philip recognizes the voice of God coming to him from this prophet, this rabbi, and so he goes and tells his brother Nathaniel, we found the one. We have found the one that we have been waiting for. In this moment... God is speaking to Nathaniel. Who is he speaking to Nathaniel through? No? His brother Philip. His brother Philip, right? And you can sense maybe a little bit here uh, Nathaniel's pushback. This is my brother Philip, right? I know all the stupid stuff he's done. He and I were raised up together. We used to get in fights. It's my brother, Philip. And he even pushes back a little bit. Oh, Philip, what good can come from Nazareth? I mean, Nazareth is a dirty little town, and you're telling me the prophet, the one, came from Nazareth, and you found him. Right, Philip, right? But Philip just says, come and see. Come and see for yourself. And he says, okay, okay. He goes to meet Jesus and it tells us what Nathaniel was doing before Philip found him. Resting under a fig tree. 
resting under a fig tree. You know, fig trees in the Old Testament represent God's blessing, God's peace, God's prosperity. He talks about how the fig trees will provide shade and fruit for His people. It was a place that you would go if you want to contemplate the good things of God. If you want to sit and ruminate about God, you find a fig tree and you sit down under it. And this is where Nathaniel is, in the quiet, in the place where God has provided provision and peace in the past. And who should approach but his brother Philip, but it's not really Philip. It's God calling to Nathaniel through Philip. And so he goes. He follows his brother and he meets Jesus. And when he meets Jesus, he doesn't say, you're just a prophet, the one that Moses spoke of. He says, oh my gosh, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. I'm so thankful that Nathaniel decided to heed the voice of God in his brother Philip. So let's look at these three individuals. We have Samuel who gets a direct call from God. God to person. No in between, nothing. God to person. Then we have a, a, a call from God through a spiritual leader of some kind. We don't we know, but Philip didn't know at this point. Rabbi, prophet, I don't know, he's just a guy. But the voice of God comes through this Nazarene to a fisherman. Then we have this third person, the voice of God comes to him from his own brother. Do you see the spectrum here? This is a wide spectrum. Uh, hearing the voice of God directly versus hearing the voice of God through a sibling that you know all the stupid stuff that they've done. And somehow you get past this to recognize God is speaking to me. These are only three examples in just a, just a, just a small section. I was trying to think of all the other ways that the voice of God uh, comes to people in the, in the Bible. One of my favorite is that God speaks through Balaam's donkey. Right? Isn't that great? God speaks to people through rainbows in the sky. I'm going to place my rainbow in the sky, and you will know that I will never flood the earth again. It's the voice of God in the rainbow. Uh, we have Moses. We've already mentioned Moses. But Moses, Moses was a murderer and stuttered, and yet encounters the voice of God in a burning bush and then later up on the mountain. We have Joseph, the king of dreams. Joseph, in the dead of night, hears directly from God, always in dreams. Uh, Jacob uh, also has this dream. In fact, Jesus kind of references this voice of God time for Jacob, this ladder that, that reaches up to heaven that, that he dreams about. Folks, God is in the habit of speaking and calling all the time in so many different ways. And I wonder, are we listening? Do we know what to listen for? Do we know how to hear it? Do we know how to discern it? If we are becoming the people of God, we have to learn to hear that voice. Do we expect, number one, do you expect when you wake up in the morning and head out for your day to hear the voice of God in any given moment? Do you expect to hear the voice of God that might come through any possible means? Or do we simply look at things and say, that's too ordinary. God would never use that to speak to me. That's my dang diddle brother. God would never speak to me through my brother, right? 
we can, we can say it's too ordinary or even take offense at it. Why wouldn't God speak to me directly? Why would he send my snot-nosed brother to talk to me? Right? Right? I wonder how often we miss the voice of God because we did, that's just a rainbow in the sky. It's just a rainbow. It doesn't mean we've, we've seen them all of our lives, you know. God is speaking. Are we listening? Just a small example here. Three people hearing the voice of God, calling them to follow. Three people that share in common this idea of stillness and quiet, but also seeking out places where God tends to show up. Right? I don't think it's a magic formula, but I think it's a good start. Learning the art of stillness and silence. What, what's the song, The Sound of Silence? Yeah, right? right. Learning to listen in the stillness and the silence, but also going to places where God shows up. Maybe that's why we come to church. Maybe that's it. God has said to, to have shown up in one of these services at some point, and maybe today He'll show up again. Maybe we'll see God again today. I'm going to go there, and I'm going to try to quiet my mind and put all the stuff that's troubling me. I'm going to try to put it to rest for just a second and just listen really, really hard. Three people here who recognized that God was speaking to them. Samuel had never heard the voice of the Lord before. It took Eli to say, Go lay down again. God's talking to you, right? Philip and Nathaniel. And then Nathaniel kind of pressing back. Mm, I don't know, but heck, what do I got to lose? Let's go, right? Three people that eventually got it. God was speaking to me this way. If you have been joined to God's people through baptism, through profession of faith, there's one thing that I can guarantee. God speaks. God will call to you. God will talk to you. If you have not heard God's voice yet, expect it. I don't know what He will ask of you when He calls upon you. I don't know when or how it will happen. But if you hear that voice and you want to tell me about your experience, I would love to hear it. If it comes in the form of a dream, I won't look at you sideways. If you say, I heard a voice in my room last night, and I know people are going to think I'm crazy, I won't think you're crazy. You can come tell me about it because it encourages me. Brandy, does that encourage you too, to hear that kind of stuff? Yes. We want to know about it. We want to know. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. But God will speak to you, I promise. But you have to expect it. You have to be looking for it. You have to hope for it, and I think you have to get quiet, maybe seeking out places where God has shown up before. Eventually, you will hear that voice. I'll close with this. Uh, the, the advice that Eli gives to Samuel I think is just beautiful because Samuel keeps hearing this voice and Eli says, I want you to go lay down and the next time you hear the voice, this is what I want you to say. 
Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I have started to incorporate that in my own quiet times because I just think it's profound. And, I, and, and it's less me telling God what's going on, more about me telling me what's going on, right? When I get into that posture for prayer um, and I say whatever I need to say, we did it today, Brandy did that for us, Say whatever you need to say. Ask the questions you need to ask. Pray, but, when, but when you're done talking, then you get to that point and you say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I'm not talking anymore. I'm going to sit and listen. And what you're telling yourself is, I'm going to create space to hear the voice of God. If God chooses to speak to me in this moment, it won't because be because of anything going on in my mind or my heart that I miss that voice. So I'm listening. Speak, Lord, for I'm determined to listen in this moment. Five minutes, ten minutes, whatever you want to do. But I think it's a profound statement, one that carries a lot of weight, one that you can take throughout the day, even as you breathe in. Breathe in, speak, Lord. Breathe out, for your servant is listening. And just maintain that posture throughout the day. I realize you may speak to me through the next customer that comes in to my shop. You may speak to me uh, in the next song that I hear on the radio. You may speak to me through a phone call from a friend that I did not expect. You may speak to me in my morning scriptures this morning. You may speak to me in any given way, and I want to hear it when it comes. So speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Let's pray. God, we're learning to hear your voice, and our world is so noisy, and our brains are so noisy, it's hard to think that there might be something beyond what's going on right inside of us, that you're trying to break through that. So help us. Help us to recognize it when it comes. Help us to be intentional about seeking it out. Help us to expect to hear a call from you because we do want to become your people. We want to know what it means to be your people. And, and if that call comes and we feel... Uh, frightened about maybe what it is that you might ask of us, relieve those fears as well. It, it may be that you just want to spend time with us, that you just want us to learn to hear your voice. And it's not that you have anything to ask from us. But we trust. We trust when Jesus says that we can have that kind of relationship with you that that is something good for us, but we need to be trained in that art of listening. So help us, starting today, as we move into this week, um, if, we can't, if we can't have that, that attitude throughout the day because it's just too crazy and too, too much going on, at least may we find a little bit of space in the morning or in the middle of the day at lunchtime or something where we just pause for five minutes and say, look, I, I know... I've been busy today, but I, if, if you want to say something to me, I'm listening right now. 
Help us to remember to do that and to begin to practice that so that we might have ears that hear, eyes that see, hearts that perceive. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for loving us. Amen. Y'all grab the hand of the person next to you. Let's form a big family chain through this place. And receive this blessing as you go out into this cold. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ fall. May you know that you're perfectly loved, you're completely forgiven, and you're uniquely empowered. Now you're called to go out into the world and live as God's faithful children. Guess what? You're going to make some mistakes this week. We all forget who we are and whose we are. We make bad choices. But even in that, God doesn't think any less of us. He still looks at us with perfect love and says, y'all are the best of the best of the best. And if you can believe just a pinch of what I've just told you as you leave this place, it has the power to transform your tomorrow and your week and your year. So in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, please take that good word and go from this place in peace.